What do you know about that, man? <laughs> That was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was awkward. Uh, yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, I got to be honest with you. I'm a little bit like having to do those phone recordings kind of threw me. You know, well, you know, where'd that come from? Pat, just come down and do, do phone recordings? Well, I do all the recordings, but mm -hmm. since Slato just closed, there's some new recordings that had to be done, and they were much wordier than most of them are. But anyway, because usually before the podcast, I'm like looking at, you know, I kind of got my notes. I jot them down. It's so the last thing I do mm -hmm. is jot down a few things I want to talk about. And that just completely took my mind out of it. But it is, let's see, how many days left do we have in muzzleloader, Kyle? Uh, today, Saturday, Sunday. Today, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. And I guess I should probably introduce Kyle too, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm Chase Winninger, host of the podcast, Lee McClellan, co-host. I hope everybody's going to have a great holiday. Yes. And today's guest is Kyle Sams. Hi, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. There you go. And Kyle, you are the new acting... Deer and Elk Program Coordinator. Deer and Elk Program Coordinator. Mm -hmm. So people, you've actually been on the podcast before, mm -hmm. and you were on with Gabe Jenkins, who was the Deer and Elk Program Coordinator, mm -hmm. and now he's acting in another role, and you've taken over that spot. Is it what you thought it'd be? So far, it's more, but I mean, I've dabbled in elk uh, before in previous, I was a deer biologist, so. Yeah. Um, but uh, now it's a lot more with elk and deer um, and overseeing employees is, is new, new experience for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can imagine. And I mean, I kind of think this is a good time of year to have you on. Honestly, I got to just be 100% honest too. We needed to put something together today because mm -hmm. it had been a bit. We've been yeah. running around in the field. Things have been going crazy. Mm -hmm. And with me the hol too. holidays coming up, it's going to be harder to mm -hmm. do something. So we were yeah. like, you know, it's a Friday before the holiday season really kicks in we need to do a podcast. And then we were kind of thinking, well, it's muzzleloader season. There's still over a month left of archery season. There's a free youth weekend, which I have questions about. And we just had all-time record deer harvest uh, for modern firearm season, right? Mm -hmm. Or is it, is it all-time record harvest? All-time record harvest for rifle hunt, yeah. Okay, and so we can talk about that. I kind of wanted to go into some of the numbers. Um, <coughs> I saw you brought a whole bunch of graphs with you that break down <laughs> the percentage of harvest as far as this goes or mm -hmm. that goes. And I wanted to kind of dive into those numbers a little bit and see if we can figure out what they mean. Because your average person might just look at the graph and see, oh, a lot of deer were killed during gun season. But, you know, why were that many deer killed? Uh, you know, maybe where they were killed and, and you know, just what it means for the season. And I have some notes here. I'm trying to get my mind back on track from the phone recordings. But. <laughs> Anyway, and then after that, I want to talk a little bit about opportunity for bow hunters because we'll dive into that. Um, current deer hunting tactics, kind of what's going on with deer right now. If you're, I mean, if you're going out for a muzzleloader hunt this weekend, maybe what you should think about. And if you're going out for an archery hunt later in the year, what you can think about there. I want to talk about what we've been doing with Kentucky Field here recently, some trips we've been going on, some successful shoots we've done recently. And uh, then, of course, anything Lee wants to talk about, you want to talk about some sports stuff, maybe? Well, we always do our little five minutes. Yes. Are you a UK or a UofL fan, Kyle? What kind of question is that? I'm a UK fan. That's what I was, okay. Good man. Um, and not that there's anything wrong with Louisville fans. You got to go see a whole bunch of them over the holidays when I visit family, so. Oh, me too. I got to go in the lion's den myself. I'm my father-in-law's family. They're all, he was a quarterback at UK back in the 60s. And, um, but he's the, everybody else went to L. several of them worked in L Athletic Administration and have been coaches and yeah. trainers and all kinds of stuff. So, so my whole family was Louisville yeah. graduates. So but it's, it's the lot we, we have to run the gauntlet. My Ooh. family's all UK fans. I have, however, we do have a couple Tennessee fans, which is That's worse. worse. That's, that's worse. worse. That's worse than a Louisville fan. Yeah, <laughs> much worse. Oh, 
All right, well, let's get to it. So these record deer harvests, break it down for me. I don't have the stats right in front of me. You got the graphs over there. At some point I might ask for them. How many deer were taken during modern firearm season? During modern firearm season, we had, about, I think, 107,039. Um, 107,039. And how does that compare to other years? It's the highest um, ever. ever. Uh, last year, 2018, we had 106,000 deer killed. Um, 2017, roughly 98. So we, that was a, a low year. 2015 was our big year. We killed 105,000 yeah. um, during those 16 days. So when people see those numbers, because, you know, okay, have you looked at any of the comments on social media about those numbers? Because we've put out that information Kentucky Field has, the department has, because, you know, it's information we're putting out there. Anybody can look it up online also. Mm -hmm. you got the, the telecheck review and the you can look at you can literally look up any individual mm -hmm. to see what they've tagged as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I use that quite a bit. See somebody kill a big deer, type their name in, make sure they <laughs> called it in. Um, now, honestly, I use it to get my own harvest numbers sometimes too, my profile. Um, but when some people look at those numbers, they see record deer killed. Some people seem to think that that's a, a bad thing, and some people seem to think that it's a our deer herd's doing great thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's, for me, it's telling me that our deer herd is really great. Mm -hmm. Hunters are number one way to manage the resource. Yeah. And we have a lot of deer in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. um, and my professional opinion, I like to kill some more, mm -hmm. but um, 107,000 during rifle season is pretty good. Right now mm -hmm. we're sitting at, a, as of today, roughly about 140,000 deer harvest, which, yeah. harvested, which is, I think, our fourth highest. And the vast majority of those deer, I'm sure, come from zone one, zone mm -hmm. two. Mm -hmm. Do you have any idea what the breakdown is there? I haven't looked at that yet. But zone one is, because zone one is where you get the unlimited mm -hmm. doe harvest. I've taken seven deer so far, and if I was hunting in a zone three or zone four, that wouldn't be possible. So right. it just sets up, zone one has the most deer by a long shot, and it also, more liberal harvest ability there. So, I mean, it just kind of sets up. So a lot of people look at those numbers and they think, man, that's too many deer. But the truth is, it's not enough deer, is it? Not in zone one counties. We yes. would like to have more uh, harvested for certain. Give me some, I mean, what else do you got there? I want to see some right, Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> I've got art, some archery crossbow harvest numbers. I'll tell you, give me the breakdown of when in the season the deer were killed, if you have those. Do you have like first weekend versus second weekend of modern firearm? Or how good was first weekend? Uh, I think it was a record, wasn't it? Uh, first weekend was a record. Um, but actually, I'll take that back. No, it was oh. not. First weekend was not a record. Second and third second were. And third weekends That's were right. a record. Okay. And is now okay. So typically, you'd think most people got out there on the first weekend. Mm -hmm. And participation is a major factor in harvest, right? Because mm -hmm. the people aren't in the woods, they aren't going to. So, why, if first weekend is traditionally your best weekend for participation, would second and third weekends have been higher harvest this year? If I remember right, I feel like that weather is a big driver of what people want to get in the field. If it's raining, if it's super cold, a lot of people don't like to get in the field. Mm -hmm. If it's 30s to 50s in the day. Um, it seems like that's the optimal temperature for a lot of hunters to get in the field. Yeah. If I remember correctly, uh, that first weekend weather wasn't ideal. The mm -hmm. second and third weekend, it was really, really, really good. great. So yeah. participant participation is a big factor in terms of total harvest, and weather is a big factor in terms of participation. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like a secondhand driver, and it really has a big impact. A lot of hunters probably get out there when it's inclement, especially if you got a box blind or something. But I can see how I wouldn't want to sit in a tree with. Actually, I do remember the first weekend now. What It was uh, pretty warm on Saturday and Sunday, mm -hmm. and then on Monday, temperatures dropped, Lamb. and mm -hmm. we had snow on the ground, because mm -hmm. I filmed a deer hunt for the TV show. And we were talking, I mean, it was still like 40 mile an hour winds, though. We were talking, because we actually did a ground hunt. We didn't want to be up in a tree with 40 mile an hour winds blowing us back and forth. So I remember that pretty well now, actually. Um, 
I was kind of curious if you thought that the mass crop failure this year. Well, uh, so we've 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 got a lot of our data back from mass crop stuff, and and, yeah. and it seems to be that uh, our mass crop is kind of hit or miss. Well, it, it, we had who was it? That we had? Yeah, um, we had Cody Roden. Cody Roden, oh, and we were looking at the data some more, and we were fleshing that out, and um, based off the the way you break down that information, depending on there's a couple different ways to look at it. Um, you could have a mass crop failure, yeah. Um, but based off of the way that it was interpreted, it was just hit or miss. I mean, some places you were seeing that it was a bumper crop, mm -hmm. and other places a complete failure. Yep. And that was like that from I mean, all across the state. I was getting calls from multiple hunters saying they have no acorns, and yep. then other people saying mm -hmm. they're I'm swamped with white oaks. Yeah, here. yeah. Well, I was kind of thinking, you know, the harvest obviously has a lot to do with how many people are in the woods, but it also has something to do with how if deer up and traveling. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they get locked down on oaks, you know, they're hanging out in the woods and they mm -hmm. might not be leaving a fairly small area. Obviously bucks running, you know, they're gonna be up and cruising. But mm -hmm. I was thinking if, if there weren't acorns on the ground like there had been, that maybe deer were browsing for food more. I think that's, I mean, yeah. I think that's a highly, I mean, a very likely scenario where you've got deer moving across the landscape trying to find that, that those, those white oaks. I mean, mm -hmm. that's a super high quality food they're trying to eat as much of those as possible. And if you've got one, that's where I would be hunting. But if, if they're mass failure in some areas, then you're gonna see a lot of movement. Mm -hmm. What percentage of our harvest are from modern firearm season? 75% roughly. So, so 75, what is that noise? That's you rubbing something in it. Yeah. Okay, you're fine. I'm just <laughs> making sure it wasn't coming through there. No. So 75, I moved my arm against that, so. 75% of our harvest come from modern firearm season. Well, Kyle, one of the things when we did the press release about this, record harvest was there's a little bit of discrepancy between if you look on telecheck mm -hmm. and you see total firearm harvest versus what you're reporting here with 107 that's because of the youth season right correct? yeah correct so, so when people see that and you're saying 107 and they see maybe 109 on there they're going what's going on yeah that's so why what i'm reporting on is actual rifle yeah i mean people hunting with a rifle harvest with mm -hmm. a rifle and that it does include youth that the one I am right here uh, I'm talking about no it does not does not the one uh, that you'll see on telecheck is all rifle hunts period that's, mm -hmm. that will, and that will include youth mm -hmm. that will include uh, during the gun season and then after the youth season it'll include mm -hmm. that as well yeah so that, that's some that may cause a little confusion when people look up and we're saying 107,039 and they may see one 109 110 like but that's why it took us a while to kind of Draw that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's confusing. So, um, yeah, it's just small discrepancy that, I mean, it's just how it's reported on. All in all, I was basically getting at that bow hunters make up a pretty small percentage of, of the conservation. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. Absolutely. Harvest conservation and um, money, too. I'm sure there's a lot more gun hunters out there. And of course, we don't sell specific archery or firearm permits here, so we have no way to really track how many bow hunters versus how many gun hunters we mm -hmm. have, do we? No, uh, no. There's just no with idea. harvest. Yeah, yeah just, just with harvest is the only way we can tell. So I know I've gone to other states and hunted before, like Indiana. You buy either a archery permit or a firearm permit. Mm -hmm. when is there a there. difference in price? I think they're both. I don't want to. They might have changed prices, but I think last time I went, it was 185 bucks for one deer. And that's all you had to buy. You didn't have to buy a hunting license and a deer tag. You just bought your non-resident archery permit, good for one deer, and it cost 185 bucks. That's that was also I think two years ago when I did that. Twenty might have been last year, might have been two years ago. 
I can't remember. I know. I mean, I thought it was last year because I remember we talked. about I think it, it was last year. I remember. I mean, my, my buddy I went up there with harvested a pretty nice buck, and it was public land. We only had a day and a half to hunt. I stepped in human feces in the Ooh. parking lot and got it all over my boot, and that's what I remember personally. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, we'll be really going bad. back. Well, yeah. it was nice. They Obviously, they were, I, that, that part wasn't nice. But they have uh, comment cards. Like after every hunt, you have to fill out a comment card mm -hmm. and say, I saw X number of deer, I saw X number of turkey. And at the bottom, it leaves uh, room for you to put a comment or a note about the hunt. <laughs> and so on my note, I, I made a note about that happening. And on my buddy's card that he submitted, he was like, you know, harvested a nice buck today, blah, blah, blah. Also, need more facilities and restrooms available. <laughs> so <laughs> we turned those two comment cards in together. They put, well, I know who did that. But. They couldn't have went off into a field or something? Man, it was like literally we parked the truck and I stepped out and oh. there. I don't know. Emergencies happened. Yeah, well, that's... How do we get off on that? I have no idea. But anyway, other states. You but can that was on. last year. That memory serves correctly. Yeah, that video was posted online somewhere. But um, <clears throat> as far as opportunities are still coming up, I, I think we already mentioned there's three days left in late muzzleloader mm -hmm. season. Mm -hmm. This weekend's a good chance to get out. And it's uh, it's uh, the last three days in in zone four. You can harvest the doe. Oh, mm -hmm. that's true because mm -hmm. yes. Wait, it is the last four days. Last it, three days. Tell me that again. Last three days last in three zone of, four. In zone four, the last three days of late mose loader, you can harvest a doe. Mm -hmm. you, but what about with archery after? If you've already harvested a doe with archery equipment, you cannot harvest another doe in zone four. You can only kill one doe um, inc that includes all take. So yeah. however you kill a doe or harvest a doe, then that you're done for you're the rest done. of the year. Yeah, and that's obviously to bump the population back right. up in that's zone four. That's in response four. to the HD outbreak in 2017. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, let's t talk about that for a second, because we already talked about harvest numbers and the fact that most of those harvests came from zone one, zone two, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously, if you can only harvest one doe and one buck in zone four, right? That's how it works out mm -hmm. there. So you can't take two does. You can't take, I mean, it's one doe and one buck. That's what you're allowed, and, and that's it. Now, the reason that is, we just said, trying to get the population numbers back up in response to the HD breakout in 2017, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So talk about how does are so much more impactful. Like why why limit the harvest of, of does but not bucks? Because you're allowed the same number of bucks there as you are statewide. But Absolutely. Does yeah. are so much more. yeah, you can kill one one buck statewide across all zones. I mean, if you kill in zone one, zone four, whatever, just one buck. But yeah. zone the population growth measure is is has all to do with female deer. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it like this, if you've got ten bucks out there and one doe, mm -hmm. uh, one of those bucks is going to breed with that doe. So your population is going to increase probably by two farms. Actually, probably decrease mm -hmm. if you think about. It. I mean, I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, You're talking about the real numbers. Yeah, but. yeah. So it'll it'll, <laughs> it'll, 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 it'll increase. Yeah. Um, and then, but if you do it, flip that around, you've got one buck and ten does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That buck's probably going to breed with all ten of those does. Yeah. And then your population probably will increase by twenty deer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If each doe has a farm, so that's your population control measure. So if you restrict how many does are be able to be harvested, mm -hmm. uh, then you can significantly increase the population growth. Yeah, so basically bucks have very little impact on the population other than just existing in it. Exactly. And, well, and servicing the does. But the mm -hmm. does are the ones that, like, I mean, it's a good good point. One buck could equal 20 fawns in a given year. One mm -hmm. doe could only equal two or three. So if you're trying to increase the population, you want more does on the landscape mm -hmm. because it's almost like exponential, you know, like mm -hmm. two times two and then four times four. Right, and, right. and so over the course of a couple of years, you can really boom those numbers up or vice versa. 
like if you're in zone one or zone two and we're trying to get the numbers down, you need to harvest those does. And we're having a really hard time getting numbers down in those zone one counties. Mm -hmm. I mean, ideally we'd like to have all of our zones a zone two or three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, if that was, if we had a magic wand, but based off habitat and forage and things like that, it's never gonna be that. But getting population down in zone one is, is uh, which are typically, re we refer to them as reduction zones. Yeah. It's, we can't really harvest I enough deer. Why do you think it's so hard? And uh, like, why do you think it's so hard to get the harvest, to get the numbers of deer down in those zones? Uh, hunters only have an appetite for 1.4 deer. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's it, average. That's harvest. average out of all successful hunters. Um, each the average successful um, hunter will kill 1.4 deer. That's the average of deer yeah. harvested. Like I said, I've killed seven <laughs> this year. How many did you tell me you killed? I killed four, but I killed one archery. Um, uh, doe, uh, and then I got drawn for a clay WMA quota hunt. So if somebody's checking uh, on uh -huh. <laughs> on a, a telecheck, uh, those three does are not registered um, because it was at a quota hunt, and that's not how we do that at this point in time. The uh, at clay, yeah. So uh, any any uh, WMA quota hunt, you, if you're drawn for it, um, they have their own check-in system because you have to bring those. Uh, it's a physical check station at those mm -hmm. quota hunts, and yeah. they give you a confirmation number there uh, versus have to telecheck that in. So I'll tell you this. So you said their average hunter has an appetite for 1.4 deer, right? Mm -hmm. And I said I'd harvested seven. I would say that I have probably eaten less than 1.4 of those seven. Mm -hmm. And not any of it's gonna go to waste. There was one deer, I'll, I'll just break down my harvest this year, mm -hmm. right? So harvested a doe, went to the freezer, right? Harvested two does and a buck one day. Buck went to the processor, it's still there. The two does went to hunters for the hungry, okay? Mm -hmm. And then I went back out, harvested another doe, so that would be number five, and that one went in the freezer. Harvested another doe, went to Hunters for the Hungry. So now I have two deer, and three have gone to Hunters for the Hungry. Harvested a, a, another doe after that, and unfortunately, I just didn't like how it looked when I got up on it. It had a bald spot in its fur. I could feel its spine. Like, I mean, you know, it, it felt like so I could you feel- You and I talked about that a little bit, and yeah, I mean, on that kind of thing. If you harvest a, any type of deer that looks sick, yeah. I would never eat it. Well, that's yeah. what I said. I could feel its, it's hip bone, like its pockets and mm -hmm. its hip and stuff. Ew. So I just said, I'm just gonna leave this one alone. And it came from an area that had way too many deer. I mean, literally every time I go out there, I, I did an archery hunt last, uh, two weeks ago, it was the last doe I took, and this one went in the freezer also. I mean, I shot a deer, it was with five or six other does, and the next thing I know, here come, while I'm waiting, you know, 30 minutes to go look for that one, here come eight or nine more does. And so, I mean, it's not like I feel bad about the population, like I didn't harm the population in that area if anything helped it out. I still don't want to, you know, waste meat if I can help it, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I wasn't worth it to me to risk it with a deer that looked like something was up with it. Yeah, I think it's a good even I think about how it was acting, because I went, I took my brother hunting, right? And he shot a nice big healthy doe. It walked out in the field with a couple other does and it was 180 yards away just grazing. And he harvested it. And when we were walking back to the truck, I look over and there's a doe standing there at 200 yards on the edge of a tree line with a little creek running through it. And uh, because there was a roll in the hill, I literally you know, walked 20 yards towards it, laid down, took a rest, shot, deer went about five yards and it stopped and I said, well, I'm gonna go ahead and put another one in it, shot again, deer went down two yards later. And uh, when I, I didn't think anything weird about it, I just thought I was being extremely sneaky, but I mean, that deer should have seen me and should have should have busted. And it kind of, when I went back and I was thinking about it, I was like, that deer was acting a little off even beforehand. But 
I, I don't know if it's sick or not. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, without having the deer in hand, it, those t type of things are, I mean, somewhat common. I mean, yeah. old age, I mean, a mm -hmm. lot of deer in the area, not a lot of food on the, on the landscape. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, disease. I well, mean, that's the thing. There are a lot of deer in that area, and that's kind of what I was getting at. But we've harvested 15 deer from that farm this year between me and some buddies, and we actually took a couple on the show out there. Um, I know the people all around us harvest as many deer as they can, and the population just isn't going down. So is there any reason for that? Like, is, is it possible that hunting deer isn't able to do enough in some areas? In some areas, it's not. I mean, hunters just don't take enough does. I mean, it's, I mean we want them to. Um, and the thing is, is, when it comes to deer populations, so if anybody's concerned about the population dropping, you can always build a deer herd. If you have deer in the county, you can always build a deer herd. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you have a deer population that's overpopulated, it's really hard to bring that down. And, and yeah. the longer that goes, the, 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 the lower quality bucks are on the landscape. Mm -hmm. the, less, the lower quality health the deer will have. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's really hard to maintain. It's easy to get low, mm -hmm. and, it's, well, it's, and it's, it's extremely easy to get a lot of deer, but trying to maintain that perfect balance is really, really, really hard. So you, you kind of, it's more of a cyclic mm -hmm. um, process in nature. You, you, you let the deer grow, then you knock them back down a little bit and grow. I just feel like in that area, on that farm, it's almost too good a habitat. Like they have these big blocks of woods, you know, that have probably been cut for timber not too long ago, real thick underbrush. Mm -hmm. And then they have all these crop crop fields and croplands everywhere. The waters, you know, there's creeks flowing through all over the place. I, I feel like it is really hard. I mean, obviously, we're, between us and the neighbors, we're probably going to take 100 does this year out of there. But it's just so hard to feel like you're really having a good impact. I mean, you think about the numbers, okay, 100 does this year, maybe we reduce the population of next year by 150, but I mean, there might be 1,000 of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it takes some, it takes, I mean, if you can harvest 100 deer like that off of a piece of property, depending on how big it is, well, um, you can 100. make a significant impact. But, uh, I mean, off, off of like 1,000 or 2,000 uh, acres, there's a person um, that has uh, damage issues, and mm -hmm. they have folks come out there and hunt a lot of does, and they've killed somewhere between 100 and 200 deer in a year. And in their soybean crop, they actually started to see a yield mm -hmm. um, once they started removing that many deer. But that's a lot of work. Where is that? Mm -hmm. Where is that property at, roughly? Oldham County. Oldham County. Mm -hmm. The one I'm talking about is in uh, East Jefferson, West Shelby. Mm -hmm. Literally, the line runs through there. Mm -hmm. um, and there's the so same thing. I, I know some people that have done some depredation stuff out there too. One of the guys actually owns a, a company that does some food plots and stuff like that. You know who I'm talking mm -hmm. about at all? Mm -hmm. So our farm borders his, okay. and um, and so, I mean that's a, that when I'm talking really about the, good area. when I'm talking about the neighbors. That's yeah, it's a good area. But and I know he harvests deer like crazy too. Mm -hmm. I mean I think he's told me before 30, 40 does a year is what he tries to take off his, and we're over there trying to do the same with us. A buddy of mine's a farmer this year who farms the, the property that we have, and he compared to what he thought he was going to bring in crop wise was twenty eight thousand under that mark. And I think he actually came out with a net loss after lease and everything is included in cost. I mean, he lost lost like over $10,000 on that property this year. And he told the landowner, you know, it's just not worth it to me to pay this lease and, and spend all this money if I'm going to be taking a loss. And, mm -hmm. you know, we need to be able to harvest these deer and try to do something about it. So that's why we've taken 15 and we're going to, I'm going to go get one more. At some point this year. Yeah, if you, I mean, that's, that's the whole key. If you can take more, take them. Well, as right here in central Kentucky, I mean, deer numbers are the highest they are as compared to anywhere else in the state. I mean, mm -hmm. we have the highest deer 
um, per square mile anywhere else in the state. You'll eventually have a mini Bernheim forest, you know. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> the, what I was kind of getting at when I started there was how to take more deer. Because I was trying to say, you know, I've harvested seven, but I've only got three that are in the freezer, and that's because I've donated three other ones also. Mm -hmm. And Hunters for the Hungry is a pretty good opportunity there. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely, Hunters for the Hungry. Between me and Chad, I think we donated five or six deer this year. And I think he said that they get 40 pounds of meat out of your average deer, and that 40 pounds of meat will make 200 meals. You know what I mean? So if you just look at that, the deer that I donated and the ones Chad donated, and that's a thousand meals for hungry people out there. Mm -hmm. So I mean, it literally cost me nothing. I'd pull up to the processor with a field dressed deer, give them my confirmation number, give them the deer. It's a. It takes. Actually, it's quicker. Mm -hmm. than cleaning a deer you're saying because the time I would spend processing a deer myself versus mm -hmm. just dropping it off it actually saves me time oh yeah I get to harvest more deer and the meat doesn't go to waste and something good comes from it, it doesn't yeah, cost no me doubt. a penny how long does it take you to to har uh, process in a doe how long does it take me I mean from 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 after I mean once you get it back to the house mm -hmm. um, well, you own it and then I will say I kind of <laughs> do things two different ways so if I have to move the deer pretty far I'll field dress it. But if I can pull my truck right up to it, I don't always field dress the deer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that probably saves me 10 minutes. I would say, you know, hang the deer. I skin them out pretty quick. I would say I could probably do a deer in 25 minutes. Oh, I'm talking about like process, package in the freezer. It takes oh, me probably about, yeah. about four hours. Yeah, I would say if you go into it, because when, when I take the meat you know, off the deer, I basically put it all in a cooler, mm -hmm. take it back to the house, pull out my, my freezer paper and pull out some, some saran wrap and a Sharpie and get my cutting board ready and I just start pulling it out and processing it. Usually cut the tenderloins in half. I gave you one of those mm -hmm. this year. And um, yeah, I would say it's a couple hour endeavor. Yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. And I, I went, <coughs> excuse me, when I went to Clay and, and I was able to harvest those three deer on that Saturday and um, the only reason I didn't go back on Sunday was, I mean, three deer in one day to yeah. process is a lot. I mean, I spent 12 hours doing all that mm -hmm. and get it exactly how I wanted and saran wrap and vacuum sealed. Yep. It's a lot of time. That's what I'm saying. When I harvested three deer in one day this year, I took two of them to the Hunters for the Hungry and the other one stayed in the truck. I'm gonna try to get it back out and do some more hunting. I like. To, I would like to donate a couple to Hunters for the Hungry. Yeah, I, think, I need to talk to Roger and see what they're mm -hmm. looking like this year. I know mm -hmm. he had a goal of- He's been on the show before. Yeah. Roger, and they, um, the, heck, one of their trailers has been parked out here. One mm -hmm. of our trailers with their logo on it, I'm not sure, but I need to see how they're doing as far as processors still having availability. I think I think um, um, Mark Wills is still taking some. I'd say a lot of them are. They I went, might be closed, too, after this weekend. I went to C&J um, to drop ours off, and you can get online and just look up mm -hmm. on Hunters for the Hungry mm -hmm. website. But it's a good program, and it makes things easier for you as a hunter, and if you're trying to just manage a herd, you can harvest a lot more deer. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, shoot, where was it going? I had something. I had something. I wanted to ask you about the late youth weekend. Because I've never participated in that. I think it was actually created after I was too old. Um, it's a, it's a free, uh, free hunting weekend, free youth weekend. So how does that work? Because the way I see it, it's a good idea. A lot of these kids get something new for Christmas. They want to take it out there and use it right away. Is it 12 and under or is it 15 and under? I think it's, excuse me, I think it's, um, Oh. 15 and under. If I'm, I might be wrong on that one. That one you you'll have to check that one up. I'm looking right it now because I want to make sure it is 15 and under. Yeah, I'm I think pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's 15 and under. I'm going to look it up. It's but the weekend after Christmas. Tell mm -hmm. me what a kid has to do if they're wanting to hunt that or what a parent <clears throat> has to do if they're taking a kid. Yeah, I mean, you have to get, uh, it's a free youth, hunt, free youth weekend. I mean, 
I mean, you have to have a, a rifle. I mean, mm -hmm. but when it comes to licenses, that's a, I mean, I'm not real sure if you have to have anything. Um, that would be a better question for law enforcement. I don't want to stick my foot in my mouth here and, and try to. Well, I'm, pulling up, the, I'm pulling up the regs right now because I, I was thinking about trying to take a kid hunting after, on that weekend. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, everybody, mm -hmm. it's a good opportunity. I'm really hoping for some. You could have great weather. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Modern, Seems like the, I'm just looking at the weather. Uh, that, that weekend looks like it's going to be actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. Highs in the 40s. I mean. mm -hmm. It's going to get warm next week, mm -hmm. which um, the cold weather that we had. Those last two weekends were a driver, and maybe address expanding from ten to sixteen days statewide on modern gun. Um, that played a that was a driver in this record number. Oh, absolutely. Well, there's kind of two things there. You got, you definitely have those in zone three and zone four. Mm -hmm. You have um, before last year it was ten day season. Yep. Now it's sixteen. That offers uh, hunters uh, a lot of lot more opportunity to get out there and harvest. You get three weekends now instead of two. Yes, and that's pretty big. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, another big driver is, is you know on your permit now you have those four yes. deer uh, versus two that two. needs to be. Now if you kill uh, or harvest four deer um, and you want to still harvest more, you have to go purchase that uh, additional, additional yeah. deer tag, which is still you get two deer for like fifteen mm -hmm. bucks. It's still a really good deal. And, and freezer space is a driver on, don't you think? Mm -hmm. You know, I, mean, I have I have four deer in my freezer and. Uh, um, if it was just deer, uh, I would still have room for more, but I'm pushing my limits mm -hmm. on freezer space with uh, other animals that I harvest, and, and, and it's, there's, uh, it's tough. Here's what it says here. On the first weekend following Christmas, resident and non-resident youth 15 years of age and younger who are accompanied by an adult are eligible to participate in the free youth weekend. Youth hunters may hunt deer with firearms or any other legal method statewide without a hunting license or deer permit. All bag limits, zone restrictions, and deer hunting requirements apply during the special youth deer season. So it could even be an out-of-state kid. Mm -hmm. uh, you got family from Indiana in town for Christmas and you got little Johnny with them or mm -hmm. you know, a little Debbie Sue and they want to go deer hunting, you can take them. No doubt. No, and they, you still have to call those deer in though. Yeah, mm -hmm. check them in. And yes. when, you, when you go to call a deer in, it gives you the prompt, or if you're a youth or youth weekend, I mean, I, I, you just follow the prompt, mm -hmm. tag it like you're on a statewide um, license basically, right? Yeah. There's no difference. I mean, all deer have to be reported to us. Yeah. Um, I would I would encourage people to um, use the online method. It's a lot more simple um, and easy to use to, to check a deer in through my profile versus calling it in. Mm -hmm. Yes. Let's see. I. Uh, you said you're wanting to get back out and take another deer. Mm -hmm. I am too. Is there anything in particular you're waiting for? Uh, honestly, since I'm going to bow hunt mm -hmm. uh, and. <clears throat> Uh, those uh, th these deer are starting to settle down a little bit from rut. I mean, mm -hmm. th there is there is those that are coming back into estrus still. Um, there will be a, another rut, and it's probably going on right now. Mm -hmm. Deer they're going to be chasing, um, but it's not going to be the November rut that people are are familiar with. Mm -hmm. It still you still have opportunity to see bucks that you've never seen before. Um, I would key in specifically when it's cold days. Mm -hmm. uh, key in on a food source for certain. If there's some for, sort of food source that is out there, those are going to be there. They might, might bring in the bucks that you've never seen before. Um, on warm days, uh, I mean, they're not going to expend that much energy, so they're not going to be as hard pressed on a lot of food sources. They can roam a little bit more, but uh, on these cold days in, in December and January, I would definitely uh, focus on food sources that are available. Mm -hmm. I kind of think that this time of year, the, the, what I'm waiting for is completely different. I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for snow. 
I'm hoping we get three or four inches of, of white, white powder on the ground, and I want to go deer hunt when, you know, the landscape. If it's not snowing, it should be 75 or above, oh, don't yeah. you think? Absolutely. <laughs> my favorite time of the year is, is, is to hunt deer in either October yeah. or yeah. when there's a snow on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is the most exhilarating time to hunt. Yeah. I love rabbit hunting when it's snowy. It's yeah. great. The snow makes everything great outside. If it's going to be December and it's going to be cold, I want it to be. Might, might as well, yeah, yeah, exactly. If not, let's go float the creek and it's seventy-five degrees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it, uh, if, if you can do the snow, that would be that would be phenomenal. But it's just I don't know if we'll get it. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to hold on to that last tag. And if Martin Luther King Day comes and I still haven't used it, I'll be out there in the woods no matter what. But I'm yeah. really hoping I can get three or four inches of snow on the ground. I actually think deer are more active during that the first good snow of the year. And it seems like they're, they're they're out there in the fields. I don't know, maybe you just see them easier. Maybe you just see more deer. I think it uh, has something to do, probably to do with uh, nutritional stress. I mean, they're, mm -hmm. they're they're looking for food when it's cold mm -hmm. out there. They they need to move and, and be out active. Yeah, mm -hmm. it just that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for a good snow, if I can get it. Um, this time of year, I kind of think that those group up. You know, just like elk do when they get pregnant and all the cows are huddled, huddled yeah. together in December. That's why if people have a, a cow tag right now, like an elk cow tag, it's either you see all the elk or you see no elk, mm -hmm. right? Is that pretty much how it works? Yeah, that's pretty much how it works. I think that's how it works with deer too, to a point. I mean, you're probably more likely to see two or three Batteries died on the recorder in case there was a hiccup there. Womp, womp. Had to restart it. <laughs> they, they, they didn't die. Technology. They didn't die. They just, it gave me a low battery warning. And it stopped recording. I was like, well, you can keep recording for well, when you yeah. got low batteries. Would have, it could have been something much more important going on, and that would have been bad. But anyway, the um, yeah, I think those group up, and it's really fun to hunt them this time of year because you're pretty likely to have, oh, here come seven, eight, nine deer right on top of you. Mm -hmm. And I, I had a hunt in the snow last year where I had 25 deer within 30 yards, <laughs> and um, it was just ridiculous. One of them was a piebald doe. And so I, mm. I picked her out, and Nathan Brooks was actually hunting about 200 yards from me. And he saw all the deer apparently ran past him straight to me, and they stopped in the woods. He was hunting in a field. I was hunting in the woods. And I picked out that piebald doe, and I unfortunately did not make a good shot. I think I hit a branch or something on the way to her, but I uh, didn't, ended up empty-handed after having 25 deer within, you know, snowball range. I could have. <laughs> but anyway, you were saying. Yeah, so <clears throat> if you had to guess... Um, what the top five, thus far as of today, top five counties um, in total harvest. Now here's the by square mile. So, okay, so you have by mm. square mile. Yeah, so when you look at. That takes Pulaski up. Yeah, yeah. Because Pulaski usually has really high harvest and it's in eastern Kentucky. <clears throat> And it, it just so happens to be the biggest county in the state. Yeah, well, Pike County is Pike. the biggest county. Pulaski mm -hmm. is a big, 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 uh, uh, big county, and it's those Breckenridge and things like they're big counties. But you think of deer, total deer harvest um, per square mile. Per square mile, um, it kind of throws and it kind of puts every county on the same playing field. Yeah. So uh, versus okay, it's like Robinson County, it's its own one county. Yep. But you might kill. Uh, I'm just gonna throw at them. I don't know exactly but a thousand deer, mm -hmm. and then you have Pendleton or. Um, um, a Breckenridge that killed 2,000 or 3,000 deer. Mm -hmm. um, it's not really fair to compare them together because they're... Do you have the numbers in total harvest and also by my, square mile with you? I do not. Okay, but you have the top five counties by harvest per square mile, mm -hmm. and you want us to throw our guesses out there. Throw your guesses out there. Or I can just tell you. Whatever you no, no, I would, I would guess. guess. It's more fun. Yeah, I would rather guess. Okay. And so per square mile, total harvest, highest five counties. If I say a county, will you give me a, that's correct, or are we supposed I'll to give you work? up or down. 
Yeah, you got to give me a sound effect because this is an audio okay. medium. Okay. Yeah, no, they, <laughs> they can't see your thumb, brother. Yeah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. All right, I'll confer with Lee on this. I'll confer with Lee. Lee, how do you feel about Oldham County? Oh, well, mine starts with an O, but it's not Oldham, so. So you like Owen? Yes. All right, Owen County. Is eh. Wow, I'm surprised. Not even in top five. How about Oldham? Eh. <laughs> hmm. Nice. What about Robertson? Nope. Shelby? Nope. Henry? Getting close, but no. Go east. <laughs> go east of Henry. Grant? Keep going. Oh, go, go north of Grant. Pendleton County, number one. Pen well, I have Pendleton. Pendleton. I wrote Pendleton. That was going to be my next guy. Pendleton. I wrote Owen, Robertson, one. and Pendleton. I wrote uh, Christian. Christian is not. So, by square I'm, mile. I'm not going to. Give me a couple more guesses. Yeah, okay. yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. So, I, I, you got number one. Pendleton okay. County is number one. That's why I had. That was my third one. Deer per square mile See, the thing is, I know which counties harvest a lot of deer, but I can't. I have a hard time knowing the square mileage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the curveball through in there. It's, it's just, it puts all counties on the same plant field. Oh. And this is available habitat, not total habitat, so not total area. Which throws it up there a little, a little bit. But Todd. Oh. Todd County, no. Jefferson. Dang. Nope. <laughs> How many counties can you name Lee? No, no. <laughs> There's 120. No, no. Scott. Nope. Spencer. Yes. Hmm. Spencer's in zone four. Oh, it's in zone four. It's number four. Spencer's number so we got number one. We got What about Washington? Four. Nope. What's down there by no, it's not gonna be LaRue. LaRue won't be on that list. Did you already say... No, you didn't say this one. We're missing something in western Kentucky. Hopkins. Todd. You are missing one in... in there's one in western Kentucky, but it's it's typically in the top five regardless. Logan. Even, Allen. Todd. Muhlenberg? <laughs> Muhlenberg is... Oh, yeah. It's uh, a big county. There's a lot of... Crittenden County. Crittenden mm. County is always in, in, in the top five or ten. It's such a rural county, harvest, too. You know? Yeah. Harvest of deer. All right. We, we've proven that we don't know this. Okay, you so, have to just give it to us. Okay. So Pendleton County well, is number one. I had Pendleton, I didn't say it, but I did Pendleton County is number one. Bracken, number two. Oh, I was going to say Mason, but I'm just being Crittons, close. number three. Spencer is four. Gallatin is five. Oh, wow. Those all are all nine, spread out, aren't they? Mm -hmm. uh, they're... Well, three top uh, Four yeah. of them of the are, top five are here in Central Kentucky. Yeah. That's You got Gallatin, Spencer... Uh, Bracken and Pendleton. See, I'm not, in my mind, it's so skewed because I look at the total harvest per county a lot. Total is what? Who's number one total? Uh, right now, I still think it's, I think it's Pendleton still. Yeah, I see, I see Pendleton. I is see, Owen in the top five total? They're in top ten. I don't know if they're in top five. I didn't look at the total harvest. I was looking at that. I had it pulled up, and then I, I went ahead and sorted things by uh, uh, square mile. So. See, I always look. I see. I know Christian Breckenridge. Um, usually Meade County is pretty high. Mm -hmm. uh, Shelby is always a top 10. Henry, Owen, Oldham, mm -hmm. those are all really high. Muhlenberg's all, usually in there. Muhlenberg's usually in there. Muhlenberg it? It might be in the top 15. They're up there and it's just... because uh, I'm just thinking Peabody, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, but I don't think Peabody's as good as it used to be. Hmm. I mean, people don't visit that place like they used to either, so... Yeah, well, there's something I was going to um, say about that. I saw where... Do you, do you ever watch uh, um, Hunting Public? I do so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, they went down and did a Peabody hunt and killed a couple good deer last year, hmm. early season with archery. That was Why is it declining in use? Uh, there used to be a quota hunt out there. Now mm. it's, it's, a, it's a kind of free-for-all. You just can go down And there. there's more mining out there than it was, correct? Or is that I'm tapered sure off? That. I think that's tapered off, too, but I'm not sure about that. I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't Man, call it free-for-all because that's, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's, <laughs> there it's, are rules and regs on there Peabody. There are rules and regulations but on you, Peabody, yes. You have to have a permit, but it's not a quota hunt like it used to be. And uh, the gun season's shorter there, too. Yeah. Um, so pay attention if you're going to go hunt Peabody. Pay mm -hmm. attention to those rules and regs and, mm -hmm. and abide by them. Mm -hmm. um, 
Let's see, what else do I want to get out of here? You know, honestly, we jumped all over the place. Like I said, my mind was scattered before we did this because somebody walked in and said, I need you to record a phone message, which is usually pretty easy. Thank you for calling the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife. But this time, the phone messages were paragraphs long. <laughs> so it was just ridiculous. But um, so my mind was all over the place, and we literally jumped from space to space on my list here. I uh, I was going to talk a little bit about what we've already done. I need to make sure I, you guys talk about everything you want to talk about. Kyle, I know you didn't come here just to talk about what we said about record harvest. You probably got more information. You could, mm-hmm. I've got a ton of information, but I'm here to talk about whatever. Man, that's what I'm saying. My mind's fried today. It's Friday. It's a it is Friday. Friday before. It's right before Christmas. And we're not going to say, I think we're off, what, Tuesday and Wednesday? Well, we're um, off Tuesday Wednesday, yes, for the state holidays. Our monthly Kentucky Field Outdoors column came out that I wrote that came out yesterday, and it's five nice WMAs to go visit during the holidays, and Clay is one of them. And I think Clay is so cool, that main block, the enormous work they've done. So if you want to know what Kentucky looked like 200 years ago, about the closest place you can see would be Clay with all those big, super giant, uh, all the different blue stem varieties, especially broom's edge bloom stem. I think that's one of the prettiest native yeah. grasses there is. So just, just go visit the WMA? Yeah. yeah just at uh, Laurel Gorge, you can trout fish there. Um, great place to go hiking. Clay, um, good place to go scout. You know, make sure you look at the uh, the regs, make sure nothing's going on. Um, also, uh, Rolling Fork WMA, which is my home county of Nelson and LaRue. Um, just cool places you can go see some unique landscapes. Mm-hmm. That uh, and and sometimes you know Christmas is great, but after a while you're like, I need to get away from this. <laughs> I love my family, but I've had enough. I need to go hiking, or I just want to get out in nature. There's five in Ping, uh, Seeking Valley down in Pulaski County is a really neat place. But uh, Clay WMA, if people haven't been there, it's just a tremendous place. I've never actually been on Clay. Oh, the main unit's just something Clay's to see. A, they've got a ton of uh, new pieces of the property there. It's got mm-hmm. a thousand acre block, or is it five hundred? I think it's thousand acres, five hundred on each side of the road. Um, it's a really nice piece of property. I haven't done a lot of work there yet because it's new, but the Clay WMA is a... The main, the main unit there the is just tremendous. Nice. And it's right on the Licking River. It's a Licking River Valley. The, some of the vistas are just breathtaking. And, so it's and the native grass stands, I mean, there's birds galore everywhere because it's all... They've almost eliminated fescue from big chunks of it. Well, look and, up uh, on the... In the hunting guide, you can look up and see what's available to do at Clay right mm-hmm. now. It's open under statewide regs for most things, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Except for the... There's no rifle hunting. It's, there's a quota hunt for that. Yep. But then uh, statewide for archery. And mm-hmm. there's also rabbit and squirrel hunting mm-hmm. opportunities. Mm-hmm. And there's... Uh, quail runs the same as rabbit. So you can look on... You can look up Clay WMA on the website, fw.ky.gov, and see, you know, what's available. Instead of just going out there and... And looking around, you can yeah. go out there and do something. Fun. Yeah, no doubt. And there's a map by habitat type, too, that Keefe and him have developed. So you can see where the different native grass stands are. Mm-hmm. But people haven't seen it want to see, I wonder what Kentucky looked like before fescue and before deforestation and all that. All right, we were you gu- have to go to Clay and it'll give you a good idea. We were guessing what the five top counties were. Me and Kyle are now going to guess what the five WMAs are to go visit. And you've already given us clay, and you also said, what was the one? Uh, if you've never been to Laurel Gorge. Yeah, Laurel Gorge. Uh, that's a really neat place. It's like a little, little it's in Elliott County. It's like a mini Red River Gorge is full of big waterfalls, giant boulders, uh, rhododendron, and we stock trout in there in October, so you can catch trout in a like a unique mountain space. Oh. Rolling Fork is a new property. It's nearly 3,000 acres. Mm-hmm. There's bluffs from the Rolling Fork. That's There's a lot of trails. The, the former landowners put in an extensive trail system. Uh, so it's great to go visit, bird, also hunt, do whatever. But it's, it's a 
tremendous property. We haven't had it, what, maybe three years now? I thought we've had it uh, four? It's longer than that, maybe four years. Yeah. I don't think uh, so. It's, it's three or four years. We went out there and did a herd health uh, some time ago here. It's been within the past three, maybe, it probably was three years. Um, but it's a really, it's got some good topography. It's got some bottom. I think it's a rumble fork going right through mm -hmm. it, uh, but it's got some good topography. I mean, some of those hills are. And that, that's that's the knobs region, which mm -hmm. is like a mini mountain range. A lot of people don't mm -hmm. realize what they are, but uh, it's it's super cool piece of property. So a buddy of mine deer hunts property that adjoins it, and he deer hunted there before the WMA opened. I know he was worried he was going to have issues with people, and he hasn't at all. Good. In fact, the only people he has had problems with on his property have been coming from the road. Uh, not mm -hmm. from WMA at all. Good. In fact, that's a that's a typical uh, concern yeah. about for private landowners when the WMA comes up next to them, and they but they never really have any issues. Yeah, I mean, they're all marked well, and yeah. honestly, WMAs. I mean, they, they get a lot more people on them, but as far as overall pressure and usage, it's probably not that much worse than a private property. Mm -hmm. but how many of how many of your five did you just name? Did you um, name four? Three? And the last one is uh, Livingston County Natural Area. Me and Kyle were going to try to guess. I would have never guessed Livingston. I was actually yeah, going to guess. Because that's a very unique, cool place. Mm -hmm. Plus, there's a nature preserve there, and there's a big, uh, giant um, natural bridge. Also, if you're interested in history, that, that was on the Trail of Tears when the Cherokee that's were removed, and they, they used that as a camp, and there's interpretive signs. So, so I was going to have and me and Kyle try to guess your 5WMA. Oh, sorry. That's fine. But I, you wouldn't have got Livingston County. I was going to guess uh, Dewey Lake. Well, that is beautiful. Yeah, but. Dewey, I think, is one that I would have thrown out there as a, and you can stay at the state resort there, and it's mm -hmm. really nice. I would have never guessed any because I think I missed the the the, the uh, um, categories that we were mm -hmm. looking for. You just said well, that. it's just these. I just want some unique spots, mainly <coughs> to hunt, also just get away and hike, mm -hmm. and you yeah. know, just go. You know, people sometimes just want to get out and go hiking for a day yeah. and get away, yeah. where they have some time off. You so. know, it is interesting. Like, think about it, like I want to go out and take my dog for a. a Take my dog out, right? I can take him to the Parklands where he's been a million times, or I can take him to Taylorsville Lake, WMA, which isn't that much further away, mm -hmm. and I grab my shotgun and we can go squirrel hunt or rabbit hunt or something. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, people don't, you, like, you can just go out on a WMA if you're looking for something to do. And you can go scouting, you know? Yeah. You can go say you want to go, yeah, go I scouting. Can do whatever I can, you want. yeah. Bird you don't watching. Have to have a permit to use no, the WMA? No. I mean, they're a tremendous resource mm -hmm. that, other than hunting, I don't think it gives much use as Yeah, people think of them strictly being for hunting and no. it's not really the case they're for recreation yeah, i take my enjoyment. dog out there and he's a oliver he's a lab i work i work him uh, whether they have water or not and they get the fields you work your dog in if you have a bird dog mm -hmm. up and i mean whatever you can take them out there run them mm -hmm. hiking it's all good yeah, it's good stuff my girlfriend uses them to go look for snakes and salamanders mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff um what else you got kyle you got anything good uh <clears throat> muzzleloader is is down i don't know if we hit that really uh much but uh uh, we talked about the last three days. I mean, uh, being today, Saturday, and Sunday, it's down. My buddy went last night and didn't see anything. Yeah, we're right, right now we're sitting at 4,120 deer harvested uh, as of this morning. Um, a lot of time off this weekend, though. You think that'll go up? Yeah, we, we I think so, with uh, Zone 4 uh, included in that, the, mm -hmm. the does, um, and we'll have decent weather. Last yeah. weekend, Sunday was a wash. I think that's when it rained. Yeah, oh, my uh, God. It was a really, really big rain. Um, uh, I think that we're going to people, our hunters will make up a little bit, but last year we killed almost 8,000. Um, our five-year, I don't I think I've had a five-year average on here, I should have, but it's roughly, uh, looks like it's roughly around eight, 9,000 animals. So we're quite a ways away from that. We probably won't hit that mark, but typically in, in, in December we hit 12,000 animals average. The five-year average is about 12,000. In January it's about 2,500 animals hmm. um, uh, for total harvest in that, mm -hmm. those months. So we should be pretty close to um, if everything works out, getting close to those 
that number three and, and number two record, mm -hmm. um, Total Harvest. Total Harvest, uh, how far behind it? Okay, so you're saying- 155, 734, and 2015 is the all-time. Yep. Hmm, cool, let's go. I'll add one more to that. You should. My drop in the bucket might <laughs> spill, so. I will say that uh, I was looking at some stuff. This is kind of an interesting uh, fact, uh, is that they most deer killed or harvested um, uh, by one single person is 31. So far? So Ever. That I know of. So yeah. are you putting a benchmark out there? A benchmark out there for, for folks. 31. Was his name Jerry Bynack? No. I won't give the guy's name. But, uh, uh, Jerry used to take nine or ten a year. Can you tell us which county he was in? Do you know? I do know. Harrisburg. Or that's not Harrisburg. What county? It's Mercer County. Mercer County? Huh. That's in there. 31 deer is the most ever called in, telechecked by one person in a, in mm -hmm. a deer season. Yep. Huh. I think the previous record before that uh, as I'm not 100%, but I feel like it was 21. And I think that whoever was telling him the record was 30, I was thinking 20. And he was, so he went far and away above what he should have. <laughs> Do you get the record? Did so. you get an award for that or any recognition? I mean, or uh, this is as close as you'll get. But, he, <laughs> but uh, well, congratulations to the person whose name we cannot say. <laughs> Great job. He did it legally. He, he, he had tags, so that's all. That's all. Heck yeah. All legally done. Zone one, man. Go Donated ahead. a lot of them to Hunters for the Hunger. Hey, you, you can get yourself on some properties if you're willing to do that. Because mm -hmm. like I said, farmers want deer taken. Mm -hmm. You go to a farmer and you say, I'm willing to take 10 deer for you this year. Mm -hmm. They might be more likely to let you hunt than if you said you're just going to go out there and kill one. Yeah, yeah. a lot of lot of landowners. You, you tell them you can take that doe, not the buck, and they'll let you on there. Yeah. Well, not, and another thing, mm -hmm. I don't know with the breakdown of our listeners, our archery hunters, or you know, deer hunters at all, even. But if you're looking for some opportunity, think about picking up a bow for next year because it is a lot easier to get on with a bow and an open. I mean, a lot of places with horses or cattle don't you know they're a little bit reluctant to let somebody come on there and deer hunt and you tell them you're bow hunting they're a lot more likely to oh, okay that sounds good mm -hmm. and plus you extend your season a lot of times you can get on a property that's already being hunted during gun season with a bow beforehand so you can mm -hmm. say i'm only bow hunting i'll you know i'll bow hunt you know september and october in the first week and a half of november and then i'll I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I won't come in during gun season. You can get yourself on properties like that too. Especially if they have a lot of cattle or horses or things yeah, of that nature. It that opens up so many doors mm -hmm. for you. And I mean, there's a lot of action to be had early season and late season. If you're just a rifle hunter, I mean, you're, you're missing out on some really fun stuff. Mm -hmm. oh, the best, my favorite time of year is October. Same here. Late October. I mean, the mid, mid to late October when the rut, pre-rut's starting to kind of come on and bucks are making scrapes and, you know, you start seeing rubs popping up all over the place. That's my favorite time. The rattle, it's, it's a, I want to throw a plug in for uh, crossbow too. I mean, that's, oh, crossbow. crossbows are, uh, we, you know, I, I, I hunt with a vertical bow and I have nothing against crossbows, but it's, uh, we have that opened up um, just about fully concurrent with archery season. So yeah, it's, it starts in October first, no, right? Nope. It starts the uh, third weekend in September. So, third weekend in September. Uh, Archery season starts that first Saturday in September, mm -hmm. and two weeks later, archery, or sorry, crossbow comes in two weeks later, and then runs concurrently to Martin Luther. And and a while back, this this was a little bit of a tender issue, but when you look at the numbers, it's it's not been much of an impact at all as far as harvest with crossbow. Would, no, know? I mean we've seen some. It's been significant in terms mm -hmm. of. I mean, so if you, I mean, the low they're low numbers, but yeah. they're significant. So mm -hmm. uh, uh, last year. The crossbow harvest 
uh, end of the year was roughly about 4,700 animals. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, we're sitting at, right now, my season's not even over, we're sitting at 8,000 animals. Oh, wow. Um, which, so last year, so if you, arch, or sorry, crossbow was 20% of the harvest of between archery and crossbow. So crossbow is twenty percent. If you can uh, put those two together, yeah. this year so far it's thirty five point six. Um, it's a significant increase, which we knew that was going to happen because we extended the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's good. I mean, I don't. See but I think a lot of those fears people had have, have, have kind of faded a little bit, don't you think? Oh yeah, I mean it's going to continue to rise because it's it is a little bit um, it's a little bit um, easier. But I think if people are wanting to challenge, they'll always migrate to a vertical bow mm-hmm. or a longbow because that's that is the challenge that's out there when you're hunting deer. My one thing with crossbows that I wish was done differently was how they're advertised. And it has nothing to do with the hunters, it has nothing to do with the rules and regs, but man, so many crossbow advertisements you see are like 100 yards mm-hmm. and groups and it's like, yeah. that's not practical. And I, I just, a lot of people I think were worried because they were thinking that people hunting with crossbows for the first time were gonna be attempting 100 yard shots on a deer with a bolt. And the truth, I mean, you would learn pretty quick if you tried that. It's not a good idea because there's a lot of time that passes even at 375 feet a second uh, between that bolt leaving the bow and it getting to target and deer pretty quick. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, you know. I mean, I've seen deer jump arrows at 25 yards. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 you guys all see that first initial mm-hmm. drop before they bound away. Mm-hmm. Um, I've shot over deer that, that like that. I mean, it, I mean, you shoot, I mean, there's a lot of mistakes that come through. Um, when you're shooting at 20 yards yeah. versus, I mean, at 100 yards, it's just, it just mind-blowing to me that, that that's even an advertisement. Yeah, it, I mean, that's the one thing I, that I actually kind of have against it, the whole idea of crossbows, and it's only really the advertising mm-hmm. of crossbows because you're almost promoting something that I don't think is ethical. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, your range with the crossbow should be about the same range you have with a vertical bow. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't shoot past, I try to keep it within 30 yards, but I'm going to be honest with you, the last doe I killed was at 40 and that was fine. Well, I, I will say that uh, you talk about uh, uh, one thing before you end on that. I uh, just want to say what the archery harvest was. So we got the crossbow, I said it was 8,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's 35% of uh, the total between archery and crossbow. Archery season right now, we're sitting at 14,472. Um, How many will we get in January? Well, you guess. Uh, January archery, uh, it'll be. A couple more thousand? No, no. Total, total in, in, in just January, in the, yeah. it'll, it'll be. Um, I guess that'll be depending if it's crossbow archery. Looking at that, you said twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred. Yeah, that's right. So if we stick to that same rate, thirty two percent of twenty five hundred is going to be about eight hundred. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a pretty good math. I couldn't do that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> me either. I have these calculator. No, no. I was like, where's my phone? Um, but yeah, so that's coming up. What else? What else do we just have? I was going to run through some of the stuff we we've done on the show recently. Good. And I want to push people towards our YouTube account mm-hmm. and our Facebook. So we have recently started, or we haven't started, we, we, we've always ran full segments on Facebook, but it's kind of become a practice lately to we're gonna run them all. So just as we release shows on YouTube, the week after they air on TV, we're also gonna be putting those full segments on Facebook. And the way I see it is just an, another opportunity to get information and opportunity out there. You know, teach people a technique or let them know about this program or that program or something they can do. And we're, I mean, we got 55,000 um, uh, subscribers on Facebook, which is significant. We're putting those things out there. I'm seeing how many people are hitting. And uh, so you can look at our Facebook account to watch Kentucky Field. We're pretty much going to put all new segments on the Facebook account the week after it airs on TV. So if you just are, you know, like us on Facebook, you'll see that content. You can get it whenever you want. Um, YouTube's the same way. We're sitting at 
99,185 subscribers on YouTube right now. And I want that 100,000 mark because YouTube sends you an award if you get 100,000 subscribers and we will be the- You get free stuff? Yes. You get the silver play button, the silver YouTube play button. But we'll be the first state agency, as far as all my research can tell me, that has hit that mark with a YouTube channel by a long shot. As far as, I didn't look at all state conservation organizations. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like Texas Department of Natural Resources, they they have the second biggest, as far as my memory serves, and it was like something like 60,000 subscribers. So we're far away. Know, wow, and I know, because I mean, their magazine is, I mean, you know, Texas is just monstrous. I've been to several conferences with those guys, and, mm -hmm. So if we're beating them, that's something to say. You Just know? the YouTube account. And a lot of it has to do with how long the YouTube account's been out there and how mm -hmm. much content we produce. Because like yeah. I said, we're putting, right now we're putting four or five videos out a week on our YouTube channel, which includes a full show. It includes individual segments. Our fishing report still goes to YouTube. Our woods I watch it through YouTube. Yeah, I'll, that's how I get most of my Kentucky film so, too. Um, I'm interested to see how the Del Hollow kayak fishing went the other day for smallmouths. I haven't told you at all how it went. Yeah, uh, briefly, but we were at the uh, the dinner the other day, and yeah. I didn't get to dive into it as much as I would like. Well, you know, go, so we went kayak. Kyle probably has no idea what I'm talking about. I think I saw this on Facebook. Okay. Yeah, so mm -hmm. we went kayak fishing with Christine Fisher at Del Hollow the other day. And if you don't know who Christine Fisher is, she's if you've ever seen a, a, a girl in a kayak holding a 50-inch muskie, that's her, like mm -hmm. this girl. And she's, I mean, nationally, she's being recognized as the one of the best kayak anglers you know there is she's up and coming on the tournament circuit she's when that's what she does she does that professionally and so we went to del hollow with she's not from here she's from nebraska but she fishes i think she told me she had 26 fishing licenses this year um wow this is a lot mm -hmm. um she has nine annuals and she said she had 26 licenses she bought during 2019 but um so we went to del hollow with her and i was kind of you know going into the trip i was like i wonder if chad's going to get his butt whooped for you because <laughs> chad never fishes out of a kayak <laughs> on big water right but then on the other hand it is chad's lake you know something i've always wanted to do but i'm i'm look i mean safety first this you know you can get hypothermia if you flip yeah. this time of year oh it's 27 degrees on the ramp that morning yeah. we were putting in wow. so you i mean it's not something to That's try no for. Weather. Yeah. yeah well and honestly she said that the week before when she was there doing some fun fishing that people were duck hunting on on the lake that year or that week um but it went well we got there and it was a bluebird day so you know as soon as the that's sun tough and dale yeah and we got on the water late chad got held up on the way down um ran into some issues and so we didn't get on the water until about half an hour after we wanted to and bluebird day so we knew that bite was going to be quick and we basically fished one spot close to the ramp and we put it in the david hayes ramp and we went over and we fished one point it was uh it came out gradually and there was grass and then all of a sudden it dropped off and the mm -hmm. grass quit and so we were trying to catch fish hanging up right on the edge of that grass and that drop and we paddled over there and she caught a probably three and a half four pounder pretty quick and uh, we're like, all right. And I thought to myself, Chad's about to get it. This is gonna, because Chad, you know, his kayak's spinning in circles. He's trying to cast this. Mm -hmm. He literally said, um, he told her, he's like, you got your boat position down much better than I do. He said, I'm basically just trying to take a cast when I get turned the right direction for a moment in time. <laughs> that's that's, that's kayak fishing, though, you know. But Chad ended up catching, uh, I want to say six or seven that day and he did pretty good for himself and mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know how good I Ch fished that exact spot with Chad on yeah. a bluebird day when I think we catch anything and we popped a couple right there I'm not sure how good Chad would do on a national kayak fishing circuit but he could do okay on Dale we'll yeah, just put no it doubt. that way yeah. yeah if he had to go to 
St. Clair or something like that, he might be uh, in a you know a different different circumstances, but he held his own pretty well on Dale. So all right, but that's not right near that. You know, people don't realize that near adjacent, going toward um, Phillips uh, Hollow and Phillips Bend. Uh, that point near where you all were fishing is where David Hayes caught the world record smallmouth July 9th, 1955. You know, and that's of course a story that's been debated. Mm -hmm. And you know, Tennessee claims that we claim it. A lot of people, you know, about where the fish was actually caught. I've got a photo saved on my desktop of you and David Hayes sitting on a couch and he's holding a map of Del Hollow mm -hmm. in his hand and he's pointing to a specific spot. And I've always been like that, the photo right there is controversial. <laughs> and I kept that one saved on my desktop just because I think it's cool. I see David Hayes actually pointing to his Yes, I, I was like, then he started messing with me, but I got him at first, and he, I think it kind of hit, oh, no, I might be giving up the ghost because uh, yeah. it's a long story. Uh, We've talked about it before. Yeah, and then they, they did an excellent segment, uh, the TV show did, and I tagged along, and I did a piece for Kentucky Field Magazine. So it's on YouTube, on the YouTube channel, if you want to see that, yeah. uh, where we kind of let him, for the last time, set the record straight and explain what happened. All right, quick rundown here. It's, it's lunchtime, guys, I'm yeah, hungry. Um, me too. Uh, record harvest this modern firearm season. We could potentially hit all-time record harvest if we have a good solid end of December. And I don't think we'll, personally, don't yeah. think we'll hit that 155 mark. It's just, uh, that was a phenomenal year. I mean, everything lined up perfectly. I think we have a real shot at second place, though. Second place, okay, well, that's good too. Um, second mm -hmm. place. Silver trophy. So anyway, things are going well. Right now, you try to find those food sources. Uh, first snow of the year be a great time to hunt. Does might be grouped up. Pregnant does, you know, might be grouped up. Still opportunity to take a buck. Second rut could potentially be happening. Um, get yourself a vertical bow or a crossbow to increase your opportunity as far as access to, to, to hunting spots goes and your length of your season. Uh, Hunters for the Hungry is still taking deer. Check on their website, look for a processor. Uh, let's see what else we got. 31 deer taken by one hunter in a single season is a record. Mm -hmm. You probably can't beat it this year, but maybe next year. Mm -hmm. Good luck. Um, what am I missing, Kyle, as far as the deer stuff goes? I think that's it. Top, that's five, it. top five counties per square mile were... You're gonna Can you remember that? I remember um, <coughs> Owen. Nope. No, oh, yeah, no, no, we guessed that one. Pendleton, 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 Bracken, Crittenden, Spencer, and Gallatin. It's yeah, all Spencer, nine uh, deer per square mile harvested um, or higher. Okay, so, so you know, Pendleton's ten point almost eleven. So. Gabe, Gabe once told me that ideally you want somewhere around thirty-five deer per square mile. Twenty to thirty-five is 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 what you should what's the yeah, goal? And that's six hundred thirty-five acres in a square mile. So if you've got a farm, think about that. You got a 200 acre that's, farm. And that's harvested deer. That's not deer per square mile. That's deer actually harvested uh, per yeah, square oh, mile. Yeah, the numbers you just gave us were. <clears throat> right, right. But ideally, population-wise, between 20 and 35, you said, deer per square mile, which is 635 acres. So if you've got yourself a 200 acre farm, you want to have somewhere around eight to 12 deer. Ideally, on that farm, like, I mean, obviously other deer are going to be coming and going, and deer are mobile. They're not just going to stay on the property lines. And so it's kind of hard to think about, but, you know, that's I, that's ideally for herd health and for yourself growing your, a big old buck mm -hmm. in the future. Think about that because a lot of properties are vastly overpopulated. And you think mm -hmm. about the does. If you've got a lot of does on the landscape, those bucks are not going to be moving. So the less fewer does that there are, yeah. um, if you're hunting an area and you have, you know, do your due diligence, and then those numbers are are lower than they had been, and you potentially could see uh, roamers coming in. Yeah. But that works uh, in the opposite side. 
as well. So if you want a buck to hang around, and there's a lot of does, and you can get them to stay. So yeah. Um, but I will say, I also did see a couple monsters taken this year. Um, guy named Turner Curtis killed a giant in Madison County, which isn't exactly a county you think about mm -hmm. producing a huge deer, but I think it went 204. And then uh, a guy named Dylan Boone killed one in Shelby County and went 203. I saw a picture of that, I believe. I saw that one in person over at the taxidermist. Uh, Bobby Carey is my taxidermist here in Frankfurt, and we shot a piece with him on how to cape a deer, which is going to be on Kentucky Field this week. We actually shot it in response to deer transportation laws. Um, you know, because borders are kind of closed, mm -hmm. we need to, more people need to know how to fully cape out a deer. You know, it's a, a skill that wouldn't be bad to have. So we mainly, you know, we're thinking this would be good for YouTube because this is information mm -hmm. people might need to see. So we're going to show you how to completely do the process and get it legal to cross state lines. Um, you know, in a pretty short to the point segment, it's going to go on this weekend show and then it'll be available on YouTube. But we were over there filming that piece and uh, that 203 or 204, whatever it was, was sitting there. And I was like, Mike, that is just like a different kind of deer. He looks mean. I mean, he's got, he's so thick and tines are like 10, 12 inch long brow tines. It's just ridiculous. A deer like that's actually kind of scary. Um, anyway, look for that on the YouTube channel and other stuff too. Uh, recently we did an urban archery hunt, uh, kayaking, rabbit hunt, sandhill crane hunts coming up in the near future. That's kind of what we have going on. But just subscribe on YouTube or Facebook or watch a TV show. See pretty much what we've been doing in the woods. Um, Lee, anything else you want to say before we get to sports? Um, I hope everyone has a great Christmas and uh, get outside and enjoy enjoy the world. Yeah, especially know? if you get a couple. I mean, a lot of people have a little bit of time off over the this next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, get out there and do something with it. Fishing right now, though, is what I can understand terrible. You know? Well, we've got so much rain. <laughs> I know. That rain just wet and high muddy water, cold muddy water is the pits. Yes. I agree. Um, so it'll be a couple of weeks when things settle down, then the winter smallmouth bite should come back and stripers. But I hear they're not catching many at all. I'll tell you what else is the pitch right now mm -hmm. is staying up until one twelve in the morning to watch Kentucky and Utah play. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. Right. I did it for some mm -hmm. reason. Man, we just can't throw in the ocean. Well, when you I get mean, a, when you throw a kid into the mix, that changes things. I sleep when I can. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If you hit two three pointers and shoot fifteen, and <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's what mm -hmm. I. Th I I'm anxious to see how things go on the 28th at Rupp Arena. Because mm. um, honestly, right now, Louisville looks like the better team as far as basketball goes. Oh, yeah, goes. I agree. I was thinking position by position. I think position. Ohio State will drill them this weekend, probably. But. We'll see what happens. We cannot have a three-game losing streak to Utah, Ohio State, and Louisville. But mm. going position by position, Kentucky versus Louisville, I was like, because I honestly I look at them, and I think Kentucky is a, a good team. They just can't shoot the ball. Mm -hmm. Position by position, I honestly think, I don't know if, if Kentucky has a little beat at anything more than the point guard spot. Yeah. Because, I mean, you got to give the nod to Wara for mm -hmm. sure, probably Enoch, mm -hmm. probably Sutton. I mean, it's a scary year to be a Kentucky fan with Louisville mm -hmm. looking like they do. But then at the same time, Kentucky's 10 and 2 against Louisville in the Calipari era. So. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think, think it'll be Cal said it best was uh, the other day. I mean, after the game, was, I mean, the kids can shoot. They're not hitting the shots, and uh, maybe it's nerves, maybe it's um, the big stage, I don't know. But uh. like Last year, Tyler Hero was a decent shooter. Mm -hmm. We all thought he was going to be better when he came in as a recruit, mm -hmm. and now he's in the NBA, and he's... Lighten it up. I mean, just ridiculous. It's like, is there a, a jinx or a curse mm -hmm. on us or something like that? Well, you know, the, the year he won it, we had Deron Lamb, and I don't know how many games he saved when they were making a run. 
he would hit that dagger three-pointer and win the game. He did a couple of them. Well, who else? Who we was, need a, We need that guy. Yeah, I say yeah. Harrison Aaron, was a huge. Yeah, was a good I was at the Michigan game. My my <clears> sister <throat> couldn't even watch because it was like, and he hit that one with you know one second left. It was just amazing. It's hard to argue with Anthony Davis. So he was yeah. kind of the guy. I mean, no Dar doubt. Darius Miller was a glue guy, but mm -hmm. Anthony Davis was. He's. I mean, he's like top three player in the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. And that block shot against North but, Carolina. But Durant, I mean, but Duran, he saved us some of those games. Duran Lamb. Sparks. Yes. I'm not that old. I, well, I, I, I remember 30. Do you remember the – I was going fishing with a guy on Dale Hollow and listened to the Michigan State game, the three-overtime Michigan State game, on the way back from Dale Hollow. Oh, um, I went fishing with a guy. Yeah, I went on yeah, a photo we, shoot, and that's when I first really learned how to fish the float and fly. It's not uh, that hard to fish a floating No, no, but I, I know, but I, I didn't know anything, hardly think yeah. about it. Oh, honestly, okay, there's a, there's something we can say that's not. Well, okay, I will say one more thing about sports. Uh, Kentucky's <clears throat> football recruiting class, great job. Yeah. Uh, Louisville has a point guard coming in for their women's basketball team, Haley Van Lith, that I'm actually excited about mm -hmm. watching a little bit. Her high school highlights are amazing. All right, back to float and fly. Well, but that's what I was with a guy um, who was an outdoor writer, and on the way home, you know, that he hit the. It went dink, 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 bounced around the rim and dropped to send it to overtime. And I was like, oh, we're going to win. And then I think it was in the third, second overtime that uh, we, we. Mm -hmm. But, but that, they ended up winning just by five. I think we just ran out of gas. That was a hell of a game. Float and fly. Yeah. <laughs> if we get normal water levels and cold water. Uh, um, water temperature this morning on Lake Cumberland, 46. So it's right in the wheelhouse for the float and fly. I've never used a float and fly. I've never fished in winter. I used to fish all the time, and I fished a lot to tournaments when I was in college, mm -hmm. almost every single weekend. Winter is the best time to bass fish. I love it. In my opinion. S especially for smallmouths. Yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm getting yeah. at. Smallmouth. You probably get pre-spawn and uh, largemouth is probably your best opportunity mm -hmm. in the spring, but winter smallmouth is something something fun. Man, I mean, you got to do it, man. But, it, but uh, Larry Self is that guy's name, and he taught me to fly. And um, I caught he caught a nice walleye that day, but I caught the bigger smallmouth that day. And then after all, it was like, man, it's floating fly. And it, it is fairly easy once you get the root of oh, it down. It's easy because, I mean, it's look it up online. You've written an article about it. We've got a video on YouTube about how to do it if you're interested. It's a great cold water technique when the shad and the bait fish start getting stressed. Mm -hmm. um, it really comes on. February is a great floating fly. It's line. basically bobber fishing for big bass. Mm -hmm. I mean, in and out. Use a long rod, four pound line. But you can catch some monsters. All right, guys, I need food. Like, my stomach is going crazy over I here. Ke I kept hearing, oh, I was wondering yeah, what that no. was. And honestly, I'll go ahead. I'm not sure how the audio is. I mean, the batteries died on this thing at one point. It didn't die. They just it quit recording on me. So I'm kind of interested in seeing how uh, audio went there. We might have a hiccup in there if we do. Sorry. So, I mean, I'll do what I can, but I'm, I don't edit these podcasts. So I try to put the content out there as, you know, real and as mm -hmm. live as possible. But... I'm obviously going to have to piece two clips together today, so apologize for that. Uh, thanks for listening. Happy holidays. Mm -hmm. Do something outside. Yeah, no doubt. Perfect. Right. Thanks for coming on, guys.